Welcome to the Bitcoin Zodiac, the podcast that explores the intersection of finance and astrology, where we use a combination of spirituality and logic to help us connect the dots in the market. Hosted by Corinne Florence and Claire Marinan, who both come from a diverse background, bringing with them a wealth of knowledge and experience in the realms of astrology, cryptocurrency, trading, philosophy, investment strategy, and of course, Bitcoin. In each episode, we explore the economics of the markets following the evolution of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies through each moon cycle and astrological transit. Join us on this journey as we explore the intersection of these two worlds that are often thought to be at odds with one another, finance and astrology. Whether you're a seasoned crypto investor, a day trader, or just starting to dip your toes into the world of Bitcoin and blockchain, the Bitcoin Zodiac is the podcast for you. So sit back, relax, and come and expand your consciousness with us as we explore the world of the financial markets through an astrological lens. Good morning. Good morning from your winter wonderland. Absolutely. Absolutely. My happy place. I really do feel like my happy place is on the side of a mountain in the snow. Like, I really love it. I love that. I'm like sad over here when it hits 20 degrees Celsius. I'm like, <laughs> oh, where's you've my 30? Really, you've really become an honorary Floridian, I feel. Like, really. <laughs> I, I, I knew this place was for me. But I'm not going to lie, when I did see your Insta story with that snow, I was like, that is magical. Like, that's such a Christmas feel. It really is. Yeah, it really is. It's so funny. I mean, the the first week that I arrived here, we just had a little bit of snow. And like, I mean, Japan is, you really get big dumps of like this beautiful powder snow. So I was like, hey, where is the snow? And so I was like, come on, God. Yeah open up the heavens for me and then literally it just opened and it's so amazing the next day it's just like you know insane depths of snow so it was it's really beautiful I'm so grateful and it is very Christmassy it's so funny because you know like you also grew up in Italy and I grew up in like Germany first and then um and then England and so it's like very like Christmassy scenes like I feel like there's nowhere as Christmassy as Europe. Like I, I love, I love Christmas and snow in Europe for sure. Definitely. That's so true. And that's one thing that, you know, for then my time when I lived in Australia or like even here in Florida now, it's like, you don't really feel that Christmas feel. I mean, Mm. you do a little bit, there's lights here and there, but really not like Europe or when you get the snow and you know I I always think about the the Home Alone movies not gonna lie we have been watching them recently I mean you can't not watch Home Alone during Christmas (laughs) Home Alone you know Love Actually Mariah Love Actually background like that's Christmas (laughs) Mariah Carey she is such a queen like she's the example of it takes one um, like one I mean Mariah Mariah has done a lot and she she's had more than one on. but yeah she you definitely has but like that. seriously can you imagine all you need is that one song it's like a hundred million every year from one song like she crushed it it's go insane. MC 
And, right. and honestly, yeah. to me, it's not Christmas without Mariah. Like, I really do feel it's that so way. It's so true. 100%. But I think it's interesting, though, because I kind of like I do love that like magic of Christmas. I love that magical feeling. And I I get really into Christmas. And it's like I always felt like that in Australia. I was like, oh, it doesn't really feel like Christmas, but it's just like different version of Christmas. Whereas I wonder if that's just because of like, you know, if, where you spent your childhood, like that time when you believed in Santa and like everything was really magical around Christmas. I, I wonder if that's yeah. that because I really had that like in Germany in the mountains in Germany and you know maybe that's why I'm I'm so obsessed with the snow and Christmas yeah I think again like yeah we definitely had all of that in Italy for me I feel like it's like the movie programming and like <laughs> you know I've always True. I've always had mm, let's not go down that rabbit hole but it's more <laughs> of a positive positive <laughs> movie programming and um but like the I always had this dream which I still do because I would see New York Times Square you know uh their massive Christmas tree the snow and I've always thought yes like one day I'm gonna have this beautiful Christmas the New Year's period in New York with the crazy snow but it needs to be like seven stars so I'm gonna do that when I can put that as a priority and um and so yeah for me it's I think it's like that programming but in the meantime I'm very grateful for for the warmth and I love the palm trees with the Christmas lights here it's the coolest <laughs> it is so cute I mean I do remember as well spending Christmas with my grandparents and Sanibel and like it is really pretty as well to have like Florida decorated with um with Christmas lights it's really pretty too I love London exactly. as well for Christmas um I love oh, the lights yeah. and I love the Selfridges windows like I get really into all of that kind of stuff I love it um, it is it's so beautiful but yeah so Merry Christmas to everybody <laughs> we hope that you're all having an incredible, incredible holiday season mm -hmm. with lots yeah. of love and joy and um, happy full moon in Cancer yeah. for our listeners. Wow. But before we dive into that, let's talk about, uh, you know, your new moon in your sign, Sagittarius. How is that for you? Fabulous, fabulous. And I also kind of, I was a little bit like nervous uh, about traveling Mercury retrograde. I mean, I say it in a joking way. I'm, I don't, I don't get that nervous or scared about it. But like, I was like, what is going to come at me, you know? And, uh, but actually things went pretty smoothly. I did have some like crazy random things, but like not not anything like derailing and um yeah I mean I love that full moon it was sorry new moon I really did start to get into that mode of setting intentions for the new year like I felt like that new moon was really powerful for that and um then this full moon is really about sort of e releasing everything that is not aligned to that and mm. um so yeah I think that that's really what it is and then Bitcoin, we've been kind of, as we said, really, in our last episode, you know, um, we've been kind of like hovering in that channel, really consolidating. 
I do feel like coming into this full moon where we generally create a local bottom, I think we'll see that form around that 382 level that we discussed in the last episode. And um, yeah, and then move ahead from there. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I think it was really interesting to see Bitcoin, you know, we were talking about that new moon period and the start of Mercury retrograde just having a significant drop. And, you know, we saw with, I think it was, it was definitely the Asian session. I do remember that. And it was like a 15 minute candle, maybe even smaller that we just saw a drop. And overall, I'm just looking here at the daily, we had an eight, over 8% 8 drop um, on a daily. And I felt like that, that probably came a little bit earlier than expected, but we definitely felt that energy around there. Um, and, you know, with Mercury retrograde, it's just been, as we expected, the unexpected, like it's been this crazy volatility. Um, mm. But that's just what we know tends to occur with Mercury retrograde. You know, I, I feel like this Mercury retrograde has been more present than probably any other Mercury retrograde, especially this 2023. Um, you know, I, I noticed that in my life, uh, my immediate life and family and also like close friends or even it was so funny. I had a student reach out to me and she goes, Corinne, I'm in an airport in Cyprus right now. The Everything is delayed, all flights. Everyone's going crazy but I'm sitting here laughing because I know it's Mercury retrograde. I was like, yes, <laughs> that's exactly the energy of Mercury retrograde. But, um, you know, in, in general, it's just been a time of, um, and we were kind of talking about it before we started recording here. Mm -hmm. It's just such a time of things coming back up where, it's like a little test of like, hey, how are you going to respond to this differently this time? And have you learned from the past? So, you know, I think that we can really bring that into our trading and our investing during this time. It really is a time of, hey, yes, there are some pretty intense volatile moves that we're seeing. And it's not even in Bitcoin. I mean, US 30 today in 15 yeah. minutes did something crazy as well, right? So it's just been a really big test of, hey, like check in with your emotions, check in with yourself. Are you responding or are you still reacting? What have you learned from this year? Um, and, and yeah, so, you know, and I'll add also that new moon was so powerful to manifest. I also almost took all of my day out to just completely you know, I had my candles, my sage, my crystals, my journal, my like binaural beats, my Bible, like I had it all. And I just created this like a little sanctuary and I wrote out so much. And this is actually, I think a really great exercise for anybody that's preparing. And we still have, you know, these energies coming into the new year, even though it's a calendar year is a man-made year. Uh, or man-made schedules, I think regardless, just looking at the astrology, um, we are at a perfect time where you can write out your, we call it like the perfect day, where it's like your dream day, where it's, 
you know, in five, 10, 15 years from now, what does your life look like? And write out as in, in as much detail as you can from the moment that you open your eyes to the moment that you close your eye, eyes, what does your day look like? What do you wake up to? Where do you go? What do you do? Um, who's there with you? How do you feel? And just write every single detail of your day. I think I wrote out 25 pages of in detail what I want it to look like. And I've just been adding more and more details. So it was a really beautiful energy. It was a beautiful day. Love that. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think it's just really nice to get clear. I think maybe that's also why I love sort of being um, being here in Japan in the snow is that there's like a lot of time that um, I can take also for myself. Like I'm here with my family, of course, and I love spending time with them but it's also like I really do get a time to like especially after skiing in the onsen it's a really beautiful time to just like meditate and I really like that time to just spend with myself coming into this new year like I used to spend the new year like rushed and partying and being a million places and I love that energy too like I'm not one of these people that's like oh I used to party and now I meditate I'm not that person I still do both <laughs> and I still love both energies and honor both energies but I do really feel like coming into a new year from that like meditative space and that time that I can give to myself being alone and just say like really thinking about like what does next year look like? What does next year feel like for me? I just think that that's actually really powerful, um, a really powerful time for alignment, actually. Yeah, yeah, this is just the perfect time to do it. And um, especially now with this full moon in Cancer, uh, you know, you kind of already mentioned it, just this time to release and let go and that's what a full moon is right we normally use the full moon to release and let go um but this one is a little bit different where I feel like it's not just a letting go and normally around a full moon you wouldn't set the new intentions mm. but I, I feel like it's aligning um especially with some of the transits that we have with this full moon too yeah yeah absolutely and I think you know what this, I always think that this full moon is sort of like almost, it's almost like this cosmic joke to have like a cancer full moon at the time of the holidays and you're like with your family and you're, you know, all of those sorts of things. Cause so to be aware of that as well, that it is like an emotional full moon, like it is a time it's, it, mm. it will stir up your emotions, but also it's like, and that sounds like negative and hectic and whatever, but it's not if you have awareness around it, because it actually also really opens you up to be able to feel those really deep emotions of like love and gratitude and things like that for, you know, for your family and being, being in that environment, but really like a, a new moon, uh, sorry, a full moon um, can, you know, you want to lean into that sort of space of like emotional calm and inner peace like that 
that's sort of the goal of this full moon is sort of being able to feel all of the emotions, but being able to that, then get to that like emotional inner peace. And this, like the, the full moon can really work to sort of mirror the like internal challenges towards inner peace. Like it can bring up like anger, shame, guilt, fear. And so you can expect those kind of emotions to maybe be highlighted and heightened during this full moon. So it's just something to be aware of. And so really you want to be able to transmute and transform those sort of lower frequencies with compassion and love, you know? And so really like approaching it in that way. So even if you do have like a fight with your annoying uncle or whatever, or, you know, something like that, or it's like being able to sort of apply the balm, the healing balm of compassion and love to those situations. Firstly, compassion to yourself, but also then compassion around with other people as well. And being able to sort of neutralize that and bring that to a space of like peace and, um, and grounding. I think that's really, that's really the, the, um, calling of this, this full moon, I think. Yeah. And, you know, as you were saying that I was like, I think the joke of this holiday season is Mercury retrograde and being with your family. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Really like this is not the time to probably bring up Bitcoin during your Christmas dinner. Actually, maybe <laughs> this year it finally is because it's up and you're not going to get teased. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just funny because obviously Mercury retrograde brings those challenges in communication. Um mm -hmm. But I love what you said about cancer and, you know, I mean, I'm a little biased because I married a cancer, but like, yeah. you know, just with, with, I think like the higher version of cancer really is that, that compassion and the awareness, not just of self, but of those around them. Um, it's such an intuitive sign. So Very, because yeah. you listening here, you know, you've been learning these things and you have that uh, awareness, you get to be that person that is aware and understands and feels and gets to, again, respond and not react. You know, the things that we learn in trading and investing, also bringing it into um, our, our environments with people around us, especially during what normally is such a chaotic time in general, you know. Um, I look back at a lot of my Christmases and, you know, having big Italian families, it's a lot of chaos, uh, a lot of preparation and a lot of cleaning up and a lot of just a lot of a lot of. And um, yeah, so I think that this is really cool with the full moon being in cancer and stepping into the, those emotions. This full moon, I also noticed, um, has a hard aspect with Neptune. And Neptune is kind of that illusionary, dreamlike, psychological turmoil um, sign as well. So there can be some confusion there. Be careful around the alcohol, ladies and gentlemen, because this transit um, can just tell you to be a little bit careful if you're drinking too much. You know, everything in moderation, I think, is important. Um, and yeah, in regards to Bitcoin, uh, I'm not sure if you want to add anything else there before I dive into Bitcoin and this full moon, Claire. Uh, I think really the full moon, I think this full moon in particular is really just that time um, to to sort of really, like, as you said, it's a really sort of introspective, cancer is a really sort of introspective 
um, intuitive sign. And so it's really a time to focus on your emotions and your intuition. So it really encourages mm -hmm. that in introspection and self-nourishment. So it's a time, it's a deeply emotional and reflective time. So it's like, you know, give yourself that time, like allow yourself to have that time, let all of those emotions come up and then allow them to be released so that you're not bringing things from 2023 that belong in 2023 into 2024, like release them, leave them there and um you know and move into 2024 from that kind of like re reflective space i think is is really kind of like the call of this new moon full moon yeah, i keep I saying that. new moon i don't know why it's the full it moon it feels like a new moon <laughs> it feels like a new moon you know it's the end of the year we're preparing for the new see it's the energy is there for sure I mean, you do have that sun in Capricorn as well, which sort of like complements that full moon in Cancer. So you have that Capricorn, earthy Capricorn energy, like grounding those emotions that are like, you know, brought up by the Cancer full moon. So you have that balance there. Um, so I think it's really leaning into that. So, you know, leaning into that self-expression, alone time, inner guidance, and, you know, really sort of allowing that inner guidance to show you to build a vision for 2024 like what does that look like what does that feel like um and and leaning into that i think wow it's already capricorn season <laughs> there's no why what and this again is like bitcoin season like bitcoin's purpose is so tied to this capricorn energy and it is that like mm mountain goat energy that never giving up keep plodding along keep going keep moving keep pushing and just gradually building and um you know i just feel that bitcoin does really embody that that energy and um you know capricorns win as well like capricorns are winners they're not like the showy you know over the top like out in the open for front and center winners they win by keep going keep persistence and um they win you know and so leaning into that energy of like not giving up keep going keep plodding along keep moving forward um is is a really good energy to lean into as well moving into this new year to accomplish your your goals and um yeah and remembering capricorns capricorns are winners in the end you know so i i think that that's an interesting sort of dynamic for bitcoin too a hundred percent capricorn is your classic entrepreneur sign mm -hmm. um and you know as we're talking about this i find it so interesting also i just pieced it together that capricorn is cancer's opposing sign mm. and you know when you look at the zodiac um wheel it's it's so important to look at the opposing energies um because of that that energy and that polarity that's created between the two signs you know i always say you know a, an example here it would be that capricorn is cancer's medicine and cancer is Capricorn's medicine um but let's say for example for Bitcoin it has a Capricorn sun 
However, in that it actually embodies some aspects of cancer too. Um, so I love that there's just that polarity and that flow right now and that energy between those two signs. And I think that's what makes Bitcoin so special and having that sun in Capricorn where its purpose is not only to go out and get it and be the champion and win and persist at all costs in that like really hard kind of energy, but it also has that cancer influence where it does want to do it from a place of love, from a place of, I call it like motherhood, right? Like cancer mm. is ruled by the moon, which is the mother sign. And it wants Nurturing. to care and nurture. Yes. And it's it's such a Capricorn or such a Bitcoin energy. Um, and so I love that. And, you know, uh, 3rd of January, we do have a Bitcoin's birthday coming up. So Bitcoin's turning what, 15? 2024, born in 2009. Bitcoin's turning 15. Whoa. Wow. It's in its um, it's in its teenage years. It's the key transformational years of life. And this is where I find this full moon's astrology very interesting for Bitcoin. Um as I was going through it, so we have the the full moon happening in Bitcoin's 11th house, and that's a representation of central banks, board of directors, people of authority. Um, the full moon is in opposition to Bitcoin's natal Mars, which can be a sign of uh, very great energy. It wants to achieve goals. And, and from a price perspective, I think that this could be a really nice push to the upside for Bitcoin. I think we'll see a very quick local bottom created. And honestly, this whole year, I've noticed that we we don't really see that full moon pullback as much as we did maybe in the prior years. And, and really, it's been uh, from full yeah. moon to new moon, we've seen that beautiful move to the upside and between the full moon and new moon, kind of roller coastery. Um, so I do think that this is a really great sign of a push to the upside. However, it does also represent a bit of this energy of impatience and aggressiveness associated with it. And that kind of reminds me of like a little bratty teenager that like, you know, is very ambitious and wants to get it, but it's a little imp impatient and aggressive. Um, also the full moon is square the natal moon of Bitcoin. And this can be a sign of unexpected changes in a schedule or indecisiveness. And sometimes also kind of like a not so popular business decision, sometimes like a bad decision around uh, a bad decision in business. So this this really is on top of like it being Mercury retrograde right now, this is not a good sign for Bitcoin doing anything new. It's like not good for new beginnings specifically mm. for Bitcoin. There's one thing when it's like you're setting the intentions for it, but actually acting on it is not a good idea. So this makes me think energy around ETFs. I really hope, like we got to get Gary on here because Gary cannot be approving ETFs during a Mercury retrograde. And 
I have really something to add it. about I have something to add about this when you're Do. done. It's so interesting that you're oh. saying that I love it. Okay, all right, all right. Oh, I love it when we're aligned. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I really, really hope that they do not approve the ETS during this time. You're going to do it January 10th. I'd be really happy with that. Like, but just don't approve it yet because it's not good for Bitcoin. And if it does get approved, astrology is telling us bad decision. Bitcoin's not going to be as popular. And so this might actually be a bit of a warning from an astrological perspective. Um, do you want to chime in now? Cause I just have a few sure. other transits, but go ahead. This is, this is funny. Let's go ahead with this, with the ETF news actually, because it, it's, I actually, mm -hmm. without even looking at the astrology around it, I just sort of have this feeling that, um, that they aren't going to get approved. Like there, there is this, um, January deadline. I think it's for the mm -hmm. ARC ETFs and then the March deadline, which is meant to be the deadline where the SEC has to make a decision. But um, and then they we have that same deadline for the BlackRock ETFs in March. And I just have this feeling that people are getting so hyped, they feel like it's a guaranteed done deal that these ETFs are going to be released in in January. I actually have this underlying feeling that they're going to pull something out of the bag and push them again till March. I, I don't, I just have that feeling that they're going to string it out even longer and, um, you know, they're going to, they're going to push it out to the BlackRock deadline. And I think that that's going to be around March. So that's oh, just, I'm, that's not looking at the astrology or anything. That's just kind of my gut feeling. That. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. And I, I, I do feel that and mm. I also have been reflecting on, you know, let's be real and let's talk about the, what I like to call the unfortunate control in the world. Um, BlackRock is very dominant right now and that they're not going to be one of the first, like they could approve them earlier all at the same time. Yeah. But I just have this feeling that like, BlackRock needs to be first. BlackRock right now, if you guys go and see, is the majority owner of like even Coinbase. Um, and it's just, it's scary how much I see them as like this octopus that's like putting their tentacles in like everything, but they need to like have their suctions on and that they need to be in control of it. And I yeah. I don't even know if that made sense because I I just feel so much with what you said. And I just had this image in my head of black I, needing to be in there. I also agree. I think it's very unlikely that BlackRock is not first. Personally, that's mm -hmm. just my opinion. I don't think it's right, um, but I do think it, that's what's realistic. I think it's very unlikely that BlackRock is not first. And also the timing with the SEC, I feel, is this push and pull probably coordinated with BlackRock that um, these are released in their timing, like when they're ready to release it, when they're ready to to put it out and they're ready to maneuver things when, you know, all of those sorts of things. I do very much feel that these announcements and approvals are based on BlackRock's timing. Yeah. And, you know, while we're also talking about like SEC, mm -hmm. wasn't it so weird during the FOMC statement, um, how they're already talking 
and I didn't come to this conclusion by myself, by the way, I was just talking to a friend about this and he was mentioning to me also like, isn't it so weird that they, they mentioned the cutting off rate Mm -hmm. and apparently that's something that they wouldn't normally do. And even there, it's kind of like you put the puzzle pieces together, election year coming up and Christmas time, obviously consumerism, they want people spending and it just felt odd. And when he said this to me, I was like, wow, you're so right. That's so odd that they brought up cutting rates when this was the first pause. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's very interesting. Already. Hmm. Yeah, with the FOMC, I mean, it's so it's so annoying. As a trader, it's really annoying because, um, you know, you can very easily predict what they're going to do. But actually, what holds more weight now is like Powell's speech afterwards. And literally, you can sit and watch the market react to every word that he says. And so yep. when he does throw in something like that, like, about cutting rates that is so impactful to the market and he absolutely knows it and so um look it's not a surprise to us that they are going to cut rates at some point they have to we know yeah. that this is the mechanism that the that the fed has they they tighten they loosen they tighten they loosen and it's really a case of timing um and i as i said in previous episodes as well i do think it's a little concerning that you know all of crypto is basically hanging on these rates being, um, you know, cut and things like that. And the Fed flooding the markets with liquidity. We do know it is yep. coming, but it's also, you know, it, it is an indication to the global macro market that something is broken. Like that is the indication as well. So it can, you know, eventually I do, you know, obviously more liquidity means more money in the market number go up. I do believe that, but I do think it's not, it's not plain sailing. It's not like Powell, you know, cuts rates and all of a sudden it's like parabolic movement. It might happen like that, but I do feel it's much more of a roller coaster. It's much more volatile than that as the market sort of interprets what's happening um, with that. But um, yeah, I do, I do think it's very interesting. It was very interesting the way that he worded it. And I, it is, much more important now what he says than actually what he does. And I do sort of feel that the um, that his role more than anything, more than monetary policy is more about managing the narrative around monetary policy. And so, um, yeah, I think that that's, that's, you know, that's really what he's there to do. And I think he's the perfect person to do it. I kind of like Jerome Powell. And that is not an accident. He's a likable guy. We would not take the, um, people would not take the bitter pills that he's handed out over the last year in the same way if it was delivered from, you know, Janet Yellen or some, you know, someone else. It's on purpose that he is there as well to deliver that message and the way he delivers it and, you know, who he is, how he comes across. That's all on purpose for sure, you know. Um, yep. but it, it is really interesting. And again, as we've said, it's such a fascinating thing for Bitcoin because it's like, um, you know, how Bitcoin responds, how Bitcoin reacts. We've, I really do feel we're in a really pivotal place for 
the evolution of Bitcoin, where we've come from being this extremely speculative, ridiculous asset that you don't even know is going to last till the next year, just sort of moving into this more like sort of verified risk on asset. And then now I feel that we're really moving into this like kind of noted store of value space. Um, you know, as I think we mentioned in the last episode, if if you're only looking to make money, there are more vehicles to do that than Bitcoin. You know, Bitcoin is not really about that. It's really moved into this established, um, moving into this established store of value space. And so it's like these extreme market reactions of fear seem to send money into Bitcoin, you know, which is kind of exciting to to witness, I think. Yep. Yeah, it is. It's such a pivotal point. And, you know, I, yeah, I'm going to dive into it right now. Like, go for it. <laughs> the, <laughs> so we are, as of 2012, we have shifted from the Piscean age to the Aquarian age. And what I find so cool is that from 2012, every time that there's a shift in the ages, right, the first 300 years are the year years of shift and transforming. So it's the releasing, letting go of what was created through the Piscean age and the starting to create and accept and evolve and embrace the the Aquarian age in this in this case right and when we think about the Aquarian age literally the Aquarian age is all about um you know there's lots of different things that are within it and one of the key things is technology Aquarius is technology communication transformation um it even does a lot of the the internal spiritual world and I, I see how when you really study and understand the Aquarian age, it's like inevitable that we will be shifting more and more into digital assets, digital currencies, um, artificial intelligence, like it is written in the stars and you know, astrology is this language that is communicating to us. I call it, you know, one of the languages of God. And it's communicating to us that this is just what we're shifting into to this evolution as we all are just elevating and shifting higher and higher um, in, in frequencies. And when I really look at this, I'm like, we are in such a pivotal point for all of us to just accept and embrace the future with this new technology. And I should even add blockchain is here to stay. And mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about the nodes. And I think this is the perfect time to kind of bring it in here. And then we can circle back to Bitcoin because I did have more to say on it, but Hey, mm -hmm. we flow. We just, we just go with the flow here, guys. So <laughs> the the north and south node as well and not specifically to bitcoin this is just in general for the world 
it's so important to look at because it tells us these more macro cycles of what we're going through. So the Aquarian age, like I said, from 2012, that's all the way for another 2,150 years, right? So our whole lifetimes are going to be within that. But when we look at the North Node and the South Node, we had the North Node shift this year um was it this year yes this year july 18th 2023 into aries and we're now in the north node in aries until january 11th 2025 so this is a, a key time for our focus on independence identity self-awareness self-love entrepreneurship and at the same time, it's asking us to release what the South Node is, which is in Libra. And the Libra, you know, and this is where the South Node seeing as we want to release it, we want to look at the not so favorable sides of Libra, which is things such as toxic partnerships, appeasing, validation from others, and co-dependency. So when we're looking at that, it's already telling us, like, let's shift it to a money focus. We want to become more independent with our finances. We want to understand more or have more of that self-awareness around our money and our, therefore our energy. And what we must release during this time is letting go of the dependency of, let's say, a bank, maybe a government, maybe authority figures that are in our life and starting to let go of that so we can really embrace that independence. And, you know, if you go look um, at prior years, before we created this shift from um, into the North Node in Aries, prior to this, from January 19th, 2022, up until July 17th, 2023, we had the North Node in Taurus. And that was a very big focus on self-worth, personal value, mother nature, tangible resources and security. And look at what happened during that time. 2022 was the year that even though they changed the definition, we were in a recession. We were in a recession. And it was all about these over-leveraged assets and debt that not just many people personally had, but literally our, our countries and the world. And we had very big, heavy uh, attention. And we still do have that attention there. And that was really bringing it to bringing it to our focus. And it was all about releasing and letting go of addictions, trauma. And this is the Scorpio South Node energy. So releasing addictions, trauma, crisis, relying on other people and the control and the obsession and I, I loved that because Taurus and Scorpio, as we've spoken here in the past uh, in regards to eclipses, but really this whole axis of Taurus and Scorpio is such a heavy focus on money. It's literally the money access, uh, axis. And this, you know, was such a heavy focus on the world finances. And we needed to create that shift ever since then 2023 and I really feel like this path you know Q3 Q4 of 2023 as we shifted into the North Node in Aries it's as if like now the world is catching up and we're like oh my god yeah 
that really did all happen. And now it's time for me to take ownership and to become independent and to really understand what Bitcoin is. Um, there is, you know, around that as well with this North Node in Aries, there is a lot of potential because um, Aries is that war sign. So there is kind of this tension that's also being created around nations and cultures. And it's very much a time that people might be more likely to stand up and speak up and take action and maybe even fight for their beliefs. I do feel like, and again, this is from July, 2023 to January, 2025. So literally what all about 2024 really is revolved around in terms of energy. Um, you know, a lot of countries competing for power, resources, recognition. Um, and this could be also a potential for black swans. Not like the ones in Australia, but <laughs> the ones where the events. <laughs> Listen to our last episode to understand that joke. Um, but, you know, just potentially something happening in the world where we could see a significant market crash. And if you take note, the past crashes that we have had have been in election years. Yeah. I just saw that the other day and I was like, oh my God, 2020 was the last election year and we had the COVID crash. Um, but it's always followed by a massive amount of money printing as well. Like if you think about it as well, I mean, that's how we can be so certain as well that Powell is about, you know, is going to cut rates because it's an election mm -hmm. year and there's no chance that, you know, how especially American elections, really how Americans vote is, do I feel better off now than I did four years ago? Like that's really sort of how they vote. And so there will want to be this feeling in this atmosphere of prosperity, of I'm doing better, if things are getting better and, and that sort of thing. So they're going to artificially create that. And that's one of the things that I'm more certain about around the election year than anything else, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, maybe we talked about this last session, uh, last uh, episode, or maybe just you and I were chatting about it, but if you even go and look at the at the the news headlines of like 2007 you know everybody was talking about a soft landing and you go and look at the news articles right now and it's all about this soft landing and that typically happens as they you know they increase the interest rates for a certain amount of time they pausing and then when they start to turn around and cut the interest rates they just start talking about what's going to be a soft landing but typically when there is a soft landing, it actually turns into a bit of a crash. But it is followed by like a lot of printing. So when we look at assets such as Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies and, you know, specifically certain types of cryptocurrencies that have significant value and utility, um, you just see a run. And that's really exciting. And that is also very much that Aries energy. So 2024 is with this at node energy is very much an up and down and, uh, you know, a, uh, 
a roller coaster, let's say. But again, if you can step into that self-awareness, into that self-love, into that entrepreneurial mode, letting go of that constant needing of external validation or dependency, it can be a really, really fantastic year, which is very, very exciting. I'm so excited for 2024. I'm so looking forward to getting into 2024 as well. I think that it is um, it is a really exciting year. And I think for people paying attention, I think that it is going to be um, a time. I, look, I don't think it's going to be without its cha- challenges. I think that there are some probably some really weird things coming in 2024 as well. But I do that it for people paying attention, it is going to be a really exciting prosperous year and for people in crypto i think it is going to be as well i think um you know one of the things that really sort of attracted me to crypto in the first place was that it was really positive you know it was really innovative and it was a place that you know people were building things people you know coming up with ideas actioning ideas not saying that all of them worked or were worthwhile but it was a really positive place and i think that um you know, we're going to be entering back into that really optimistic sort of space in terms of crypto. So we look forward to that for sure. And yeah, yeah. I don't think that it is just smooth sailing and parabolic straight up. Um, I think that, you know, it comes with some dips and it's sort of to to look at previous cycles as well around the Bitcoin halving. And I think really running out of time to talk about it really deeply this episode, but next episode, I want to talk a bit more about the Bitcoin halving and what it what it actually is. Um, but generally before the Bitcoin halving, we'll have, you know, we have this time which we're in right now, which is sort of this move up. And then there's generally a dip before the Bitcoin halving. And um, then the Bitcoin halving, we move up. And then there is usually one more dip. And then that really, you know, really full on sort of bull market territory. So just be aware of the pattern and don't be caught out and get too you know, too hyped up. And also, if there is a pullback, don't get scared out of the market either, because it's really normal. And um, yeah, and that, that's sort of what we're expecting moving forward. And um, some really exciting things in 2024, I think, in terms of Bitcoin and in terms of crypto, I think Bitcoin's going to be even more established as this legitimate store of value. And um, we're going to see more increases in there. I think the corporate world's adoption as well. Like there's so much focus on the ETFs, but there was actually some really significant um, accounting and reporting changes, like legislation changes this year as well, um, making it much easier for corporations, um, publicly listed companies to hold Bitcoin as you know in their treasury. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot more of, of that sort of stuff as well, just solidifying Bitcoin's place in the world. But I love that you spoke about the Aquarian age because, you know, um, as I've sort of touched on previously, I do sort of feel like Bitcoin is, you know, made for the Aquarian age. It wasn't, it, you know, it's not necessarily for now. And so sometimes it's hard for us to understand Bitcoin fully or really to be able to view Bitcoin or see its use cases or see its worth or see its place in the world from our limited perspective. We don't really have the context for it now. But I think as we move into the Aquarian age, 
Bitcoin digital assets, it's really going to sort of start to to take shape. I've I've equated it before as somebody you know in the '90s or early 2000s trying to understand um, you know Instagram or TikTok or something like that when they've never really even experienced a smartphone. So they have no context for that. And I think that we're really in that space right now of like, what is this going to look like? I think another really big trend for this coming bull run is really going to be real world assets tokenized. And we've already heard Larry Fink talking about it and things like that. So I think that that's going to be a big narrative for this next bull run as well. But I think with all of these sorts of things, like we saw with NFTs last bull run, is they have this very like sort of frenzied excitement around them. And then they have this big sort of bubble and that bubble burst. And then once the bubble burst, then the sort of real products come out, um, are burst out of that. Um, so I do think tokenization of real world assets is really important, um, but just be careful because it is going to be very overhyped in this next bull run. So just be aware of that and um, yeah, and capitalize on that from that perspective. Yeah. What a great alignment too. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this could be an alignment. Like when I think of like real world, world assets being tokenized, I really think of real estate. I mean, as you know, like it's something that um, we're very passionate about and um, I was looking even at real estate cycles and typically the usual tops, the market tops for real estate is uh, late Taurus, North Node in Taurus mm -hmm. and the early North Node in Aries. So it's actually already starting to hint at, uh, you know, real estate tops are, are in. And uh, we're in for a turnaround and coming back down. So I just feel like that really aligns with, okay, this is going to be really great for even those big institutions, which magically have been buying up a lot of real estate, BlackRock, and um, maybe starting for them to then tokenize their properties and their real estate. I have no doubt that that is going to happen. I have no doubt that that is going to happen. I do find it really creepy that actually corporations are the ones that are buying these like single family dwellings and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, look, it, it doesn't matter if you're creeped out by it or not, it, it's happening. And so you just have to kind of accept, but I would not be surprised if that begins, you know, if we do begin to move into that tokenization of real world assets in that direction, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, just even very quickly looking at the the future north nodes with what's to come because obviously we we want to focus long term here too and mm -hmm. you know as the north node shifts from aries it will then go into pisces and pisces is from january 2025 to july 2026 and that's a very big focus on compassion spirituality meditation connection with universe and a big connection with faith and then the south node there will be in Virgo. So what we want to release is perfectionism, victimhood, obsessive worry over analysis and unhealthy habits. Um, and then what gets me really excited is after that is the north node in Aquarius. So we're going to be in the north node in Aquarius in the Aquarian age with Pluto having shifted into Aquarius 
Um, so that's from July 2026 so until March Wild. 2028. Wild. And so yeah. that's so cool because it's literally the alignment of like, okay, this is the focus of long-term goals, communities, empowerment, humanitarian causes, and innovation such as technology, artificial intelligence. And this is where we have then the South Node in Leo. And so this is where we want to release any sort of pride, inflated ego, individuality, personal authority, selfishness, and the spotlight. And I feel like that is such like embodying what crypto is all about. It's letting go of this me, 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 and it's stepping into communities and empowerment altogether and that technological um, age and looking at it from a positive perspective and all the beautiful things that it can bring us and having stepped into already that compassion and spiritual state from the Pisces North Node right before that is just beautiful. So I really hope that even just talking about this gets you guys in a very long-term view mm. of where we're headed. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also the, the Aquarian age is really that um, that focus, that sort of shift from, you know, really this 3D focus and into more of the sort of um, the spiritual realms as well and having those sort of elements of of that coexist, you know. So as humans, we are, you know, first spirit beings and then we like inhabit this body in this 3D plane. And I think it's really sort of leaning into more of that as well. And I, I, I can't help but see that Bitcoin is part of that. I mean, the reality is, is that Bitcoin is not a physical 3D entity. Bitcoin is a metaphysical entity. And so it just all sort of ties in together in, in that way. And I think, you know, people who can see what is going on, can see, um, can sort of dial into that or that sort of resonates and are able to pivot from that very kind of like productive 3D um, mentality um, and move into the more open-mindedness of Aquarius and the ability to do things differently, to see things differently, to experience things differently is going to be a much more smooth transition for those sorts of people and people who are really hanging on to the way that we used to do things, the things of the past, it's going to be a really, really difficult um, 2000 years for these people. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm very, very excited for all of that. I definitely always feel like, yup, we are totally in alignment right now and, and ahead, also like ahead of time, which is the which is beautiful um, and kind of just circling back and bringing it to today and this mm -hmm. full moon and cancer that we have. So with um, on top of the transits that I've already mentioned, you know, I think that further confirmations are, for example, Jupiter is square the natal Mercury of Bitcoin. And that's like Bitcoin's getting a lot of attention right now, but also a lot of pressure and I feel like we're feeling that with this whole ETF thing and just regulations in general around the world for crypto and yeah. Bitcoin um also the Jupiter Jupiter is trying the natal Mars of Bitcoin which is a very very clear sign of like yep volatility and price so just be careful when you're trading during this period of time 
Um, yeah, I mean, also, also it can be quite volatile also over these couple of months because there are less participants in the market. So the liquidity is low, so it can be quite volatile. So people should just be aware of that if they if they are trading these markets over the holiday exactly. season. Especially. Exactly. 100%. And then um, what? just a few others that I just found interesting and the there's also now the sun conjunct the natal Mars of Bitcoin and in this case I feel like I read it as like a little bit of an ego moment and I bring it back to when we're talking about like Bitcoin's kind of like 15 years old now and it's kind of in that bratty like teenager age but I don't feel like it's Bitcoin in its essence and it's it's actual like self, but more so what its environment has created about it or around it. It's kind of like, you know, when you're getting influenced by your friends in high school. And so I feel like it's a little bit of an ego moment where it's like more focused on I'll do whatever it takes to gain success, which is never something I really liked because no, I won't do whatever it takes. I have boundaries and I have my values and but I, I will go above and beyond, but within, mm. within reason versus what I think Bitcoin's true nature is, which is actually like, let's do it together and let's get to success together in the right way. So um, there's a little bit, again, probably with just the energy of what's going on with Bitcoin uh, around it now. And last but not least, which I think is just a beautiful transit of what I do think is going to happen to price around this full moon is uh, Venus is trying the natal Jupiter of Bitcoin. And that mm. is a up, up, up uh, financial success. So uh, I think we can see some, some positive moves, some nice little Christmas gifts uh, from Bitcoin around this this time. Absolutely. I mean, we also have another aspect that I also found quite interesting and nice for the holiday season is the sun forming this sort of harmonious trine aspect with Jupiter retrograde in Taurus. And while the moon also establishes a sextile aspect with it. So, you know, these are kind of really harmonious in nature and hold the potential to magnify our experiences. So, Jupiter is really, you know, obviously associated with expansion. And um, it's also directing our, again, directing our attention inward and emphasizing this personal growth and manifestation from within, you know. So this introspective period of this full moon gives us, um, you know, this time to assess, like, if our self-worth aligns with our aspirations and really bring that into alignment and um, so I just feel like this is a very kind of like cozy, harmonious family holiday time aspect. And so I'm really liking that. So Jupiter retrograde sort of really does encourage us to evaluate our growth from like an internal perspective. So I personally believe that we manifest from our state of like our own internal self-worth, like the law of attraction is not a mind sort of attraction it's actually like heart-centered attraction and so it's like what we really believe about our self-worth and um if that is like sort of 
you know, are we unintentionally hindering our own progress and limiting our potential because we don't, we haven't really tuned in and understood our own self-worth. And so, um, yeah, so I feel like this Jupiter retrograde is really encouraging us to look into that from that internal perspective and making sure that like our daily energy output really resonates with, you know, what we're wanting to achieve, what we're wanting to manifest, what we're wanting to align with. And I think that that also integrates really beautifully with how we look at this next bull run that's coming for crypto. You know, what do we really align to? There's so many aspects of it. And it can be a bit overwhelming, actually, because, you know, yes, we have Bitcoin. and We, we obviously talk a lot about Bitcoin and the fundamentals of Bitcoin. And then you have other elements of it, of, um, you know, different layers of infrastructure being built in terms of Ethereum, in terms of Solana. I think that, you know, I think Solana is going to be a very big narrative, this an ecosystem, this bull run for sure. Um, and then you also have a lot of like these new projects, which are like these crazy altcoins that could very easily go to zero or a hundred X in the space of like a five minute candle, you know, so you have all of these different elements. And so it's really up to you to be able to tune in and align to the things that really resonate with you within crypto. Like, are you a trader? Are you a day trader? Are you a swing trader? Are you someone that gets really excited about the tech around these like sort of new altcoins? Or are you a diehard Bitcoiner or are you some of all of it? You know, um, that's allowed too, for sure. And I think that that's, it's really this time, this full moon, it's really about grounding into that and tuning into like what feels aligned to me. You don't have to do everything and you, you don't have to align to just one thing either, but it's really like, um, I think this full moon is asking us to really align, like what is aligned to us? What is truly aligned to us? And um, and focus on that. And I actually had a funny, funny sort of reaction. It's really interesting to me how people react on social media to different posts. And one of the posts that garnered a lot of reaction was when I was saying that, um, you know, I, I basically said that a lot of people in the Bitcoin community have this mentality that everything else in crypto is a shit coin. And I said in that post that I do somewhat agree with that. So I got it from both sides, but I think that they do have their purpose. So I kind of got a reaction from both sides, which was interesting from Bitcoiners kind of saying that, yes, everything is a shit coin and why I'm I even talking about it. And from the other side, people are offended that I'm saying that other things in the crypto ecosystem are shitcoins. So I want to sort of clarify what I meant by that, because I think it is really important in the sense that um, compared to Bitcoin, yes, everything else is a shitcoin. And I do want to emphasize as well that actually the biggest shitcoin on the planet really is the US dollar and uh, followed closely by other fiat currencies. Um, but it doesn't mean that they don't have a purpose. We all still use them, obviously. And I think the foundations of Bitcoin and what Bitcoin is trying to achieve, what Bitcoin, the problems Bitcoin is wanting to solve is bringing us back to economic reality, bringing us back to sound money, 
And really, that is something that underpins society and is something that is really needed to have like a fair and just and honest society. So do I think that that is important? Obviously, I do, because I talk about it all the time. But um, having said that, I do still see a use for all of these other things. And I think that these other crypto projects, there are some really interesting ideas. There are some really interesting ideas in these other crypto projects as well. And um, they they will be, you know, they do serve a purpose. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with exploring those, trading those, investing those. I don't think that makes you any less of a Bitcoiner. Um, but for me personally, I do feel like if I'm not taking the profits that I make from other crypto and buying Bitcoin or investing in Bitcoin, that I am sort of missing the point of why we kind of got into crypto in the first place. You know, I think that that's really, really important um, sort of thing to point out. And again, as I said, you know, I think the biggest shitcoin on the planet is the US dollar. And I am ideologically opposed to the system around it and the way it functions. And, you know, I think that fiat currency really is the biggest pyramid scheme of our time. But does that mean that I don't use the US dollar? Of course, I use the US dollar. And um, so I think that that's something just to keep into perspective. I think jumping into these camps of like Bitcoin maxi or, you know, um, shitcoiner or whatever, all of these things, I don't think it's really helpful. I think that you need to be able to take a step back and and see the purpose in in each of those things and um and come from it from that perspective and find your own way in that perfect uh, perfect way to handle a mercury and retrograde miscommunication <laughs> yeah absolutely i don't think it even was a miscommunication i just thought it was really funny because i was like oh i've set, I've, no, I'm upset, teasing. I've upset both <laughs> both camps of people it's so funny yeah. but that's that's get. what it is right yeah it's, <laughs> it's also how people perceive you know I've had it in some of my posts as well where you know I'll post something with one intention and one meaning and then I get a whole other perspective and I'm like oh my god mm. like I didn't even mean to post it and bring about that message but yeah like I, I also see that point of view so it's just it's just interesting how um we all receive and read into things in different ways um and and that's what makes us this beautiful crazy magical world right of human beings absolutely absolutely so i think yeah i think that's a perfect place to finish anyway and i think i hope everybody had a really magical christmas a really beautiful christmas and um we're ready to step into this um exciting and fun new year Exactly. So again, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, because yeah. we won't see each other or hear from each other until next year. And a happy birthday to Bitcoin in between as well. All yeah. the all the events are happening. And um, peace, love and Bitcoin. Peace, love and Bitcoin. See you in 2024. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Bitcoin Zodiac podcast. We hope you enjoyed our discussions about the evolution of Bitcoin viewed through the lens of financial astrology. This podcast does not offer financial advice, so please make sure you do your own research. 
and stay tuned for our next episode where we will continue to dive deeper and build off these perception-expanding topics. Remember, whatever your beliefs may be, we all have something to learn from each other. So stay curious, stay open-minded, and keep exploring the world of Bitcoin and astrology. As always, may the stars align in your favor and your crypto investments prosper. Until next time, peace, love, and Bitcoin.